Uh, hello, everybody in the interwebs, and welcome to what uh, is sure to be uh, truly interesting, nonetheless, uh, with my uh, small technical ability and the good friends that I have joined uh, here today. If, if you didn't see two seconds ago, they were walking me through everything. So I came to them and said, what the heck am I doing? Can you, can you help me out? And then, then they did. So uh, today uh, kicks off the first ever Brews with tunes, which should be pretty fun. Um, you know, as as myself, I always do the the live gigs on Thursday nights at Zaftig. Uh, unfortunately, due to this crazy world we live in, those are uh, a little on hiatus uh, until I don't know. Hopefully, not too long. But uh, tonight, the goal is to uh, bring everybody some fun entertainment. Uh, get you have get to have a chance to meet some great local musicians and talk about my one of my favorite things, which is craft beer. Uh, so without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Alex Burgoyne and Zach Jones. Uh, they are with us this evening. Should be, should be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, who wants to go first? Anybody, anybody want to talk about themselves? That's my favorite thing. Uh, uh, not it. <laughs> not it. <laughs> that always works. What, what would you like to hear? Well, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Good question. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how uh, you guys got started in, in the Columbus music scene, maybe. That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> I'll start. I will start. Um, my name I'll is Zach start. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Zach Jones. I'm a guitarist in town. And long story short, I grew up on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon, and I ended up here. I very randomly found Capital, and after my mom kind of convinced me to uh, apply much to my begrudging 18 year old self. It's like, I've never heard of capital. I don't want to live in Columbus, Ohio. I ended up going and it was probably the greatest thing that's ever happened. Uh, I got my jazz guitar degree. And ever since then I started, I came here in 2011. So almost 10 years, which is horrifying. I'll just forget about that <laughs> fact. <laughs> and uh, ever since then I've been, I've been here living full time and I absolutely love it. The scene is amazing and I'm very grateful to be here. I, uh, I'm surprised that you made the jump too, because who, who moves to Columbus, Ohio? I, you know, who, especially who from Portland, <laughs> right? Exactly. A lot of people were like, what are you doing here? I want to go to Portland. I was like, well, <laughs> you don't get it. I lived there my whole life. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. That's there's fun. that. I feel like a lot of us have that, uh, internal need to just like leave where you're from, no matter how great it is. And, and you haven't felt like going back. Oh, no, never actually. <laughs> I'll be honest. Thank goodness. It's awesome here. Wow. Well, yeah. Thank goodness is for, for real. <laughs> to have you here in this area is, is uh, very special. Exactly. So, all right. Well, uh, Alex, what, what do you got to say? Well, I'm a hometown boy. Ooh. I grew up in Hilliard. Uh, Go Wildcats? Yes, I was a, 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 a Davidson <laughs> Wildcat for sure. Um, I had two older brothers who went to music school, one went to OSU and one went to Capitol. Um, and I applied to both and made the decision to go to Capitol. Um, Man, I feel, I feel outnumbered <laughs> here as an Otterbein alum. I'm yeah. <laughs> two Cap grads. All right. Well, you're much cooler than we are. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I spent a year after Capitol, like kind of doing the gig thing and teaching and stuff. And then I got an assistantship sort of out of the blue from uh, OU, Ohio University down south. I did that for a couple years. And then I followed somebody out to California and I spent uh, like eight months in San Diego. Man, I gotta get out. 
uh, I came back and I've been doing the, the thing since. Yeah. That, that, the thing is, is very real. You, you're, you, both of you guys are all over the place, but, uh, you know, both, you're both heavily involved in the jazz scene and, uh, you know, Alex, I remember hearing a story a little bit about, uh, playing at Vons. Do you remember the first time you played at Vons? Um, I played with Vaughn the first time when they were at, it was called the firehouse. Okay. Um, Becky yeah. Ogden had a, yep. had a space down on Parsons. I think it's like a German, like a fancy German beer hall kind of place. I know exactly now. where that is. Yeah. By that Oak. Yeah. Place. India yeah. Oak or no, not that's on Indianola. Uh, what's that place called? Yeah. Oak grill or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you, that was the thing. We would go, especially in the summers, I went every week and we would go and hang at the music hall, start bringing your horn. And I, I actually had the privilege of having Vaughn as my combo teacher my first two years no at Capitol. man. Yeah. Oh, he was teaching there when you were there? Yeah, he was just co- coaching a couple combos. I think maybe he had a one wow. class. Yeah. I thought he had left way before. I'm very old. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. No, I think... Um, he ended his time officially while I was in school. I don't okay. remember when exactly, but man, that's that's a privilege right there. To, yeah, to that knowledge, and and we'll get into that a little bit later about you know Columbus being a hotbed for everybody in jazz and and how how it sure. kind of works. But uh, this is again brews uh, with tunes, which means we got to get to the best part of the show, which is talking about what what uh, what craft beer or beer or beverage we are drinking this evening. Uh, this show is sponsored and brought to you by Zaftig. That's why I'm wearing the t-shirt. I proudly wear Zaftig uh, every Thursday. Uh, like I said, we, we used to play there and when we get back, we will be doing the same. Oh my god, I got distracted. It's just Pat. gonna have to happen. Yeah. Pat, man. Oh, that's <laughs> He's gonna stay up the whole time. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's not gonna move Unless at all. He- it's my headphone cord. Hey, hey, at least possible. it'll be cute as it happens, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. Uh, tonight, I am drinking the great Hazy Miss Daisy, my favorite uh, IPA by Zaftig. It's what I drink almost every Thursday when I'm there because it is nice and easy to drink, but it is also a New England IPA. Um, and, you know, for a lot of people who enjoy hazy IPAs, uh, they, they're looking for the cloudy taste. Uh, this is not as cloudy as your traditional uh, New England IPA, but I do really, really enjoy it uh, because just like any of their beers, it's a little heavier than what you uh, might expect. I know that both of you guys being at our, our jam session every now and then can attest that sometimes they're pretty heavy beers and you, you got to watch what you're doing when you're playing and, and, and enjoying a night there. So I'm drinking that. What are you guys drinking? Um, Zach first. <laughs> oh, uh, I have a nice Guinness. Mm. Drought stout. Yum. Um, I def I really wanted to get a craft thing, but um, I didn't want to just go to the store only for beer. <laughs> so I went. I went to my drive-through that's, that's around fair. the corner. That's and fair. They don't, they don't have that much. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with a Guinness, especially when you're. It's in true. Pandemic. No, I love Guinness. Yeah. Make what it's you great. Can't go wrong. You know, actually, on the Guinness, obviously the the normal drought is great. Um, the nitro is awesome, but they have like a blonde, st- a blonde stout that, that is yeah. incredible. That is really good. You know, most people always drink it during St. Patrick's Day, but I am a year-long Guinness fan. I agree. Me I agree. too. Alex, what do you what do you have tonight? Um, well, I'm lucky enough. I just got married, and we have all this leftover wedding beer. Um, oh. So this is congrats, a, by the way. Get to keep all that. <laughs> well, we bought we bought it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> 
This is from Land Grant, and it is the Deep Search Baltic Porter. Oh. Um, it's, uh, I don't really know anything about Baltic Porters. It is darker than a typical Porter, I would say, and okay. um, it's a little salty. Mm. I don't know if that's the, the Deep Search vibe <laughs> or what, but... That's awesome. Sounds lovely. Yeah, sounds, yeah it's very good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Land Grant. I'm a big fan. Uh, I like Land Grant a lot thing, too. Yeah, the other thing about this show for people who are watching, listening, whatnot, uh, again, this is going to be put on as an actual podcast too, so you'll be able to hear that later, um, is that we are, you know, it's sponsored by Zaftig, but we're also supporting other local breweries and uh, other restaurants in the area. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But we are now to the first real segment of the show, which is the interview portion. So if any of you listening have questions that you'd like to ask our guest artists, feel free to. Uh, but guys, the first question I want to ask you uh, is a pretty important one, I think, to all artists, all musicians, and all friends. I like to consider you guys my good friends. Uh, and that is, you know, how the heck are you coping as, as a musician in the time where we are and, and dealing with the, with the situation that we're dealing with? I know for me, it's like, you know, we can still make music, but I, it's not that I miss music. It's that I miss the people that music brings out. That's, that's my big one, but I don't know. What, what, what are you guys doing? What are some strategies that you're using? Sorry, what we are live, right? I think so. Okay. I just, I still need to share it. I just want to do that. <laughs> okay. Is, I'll go first good. then while he does okay. that. Um, well, this is actually a conversation I've been having a lot. We, um, Zach and I just talked about it last night. We have a Max Button and I are starting a new, like a, a shorts podcast or whatever. Yes. Anyway, um, shout out to that. So I'm very practiced at this answer. So I'm going to try to improvise, <laughs> even though I have a lot of rote built in. Um, well, yeah, the, the no gigs is very strange, especially for a saxophone player. It's not very fun to play solo saxophone. Yeah. Um, and most other people feel the same way. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a drag. I have uh, waxed and waned on my practicing quite a bit, um, uh, but I'm there are instruments literally every corner of this house. So um, I'm always like plucking something, or there's a that, piano behind me. That's and, right. For for those who don't know, your wife is a musician as well, right? Yes. Yeah, Devin is a violinist and a, Man, a what pretty is it decent with saxophone player. Is marrying violinists? I don't care. I know. I know. It'd be very convenient <laughs> if I'd married a pianist. Here we are. <laughs> Um, yeah, lots of just, uh, yeah, fiddling around musically. I also am lucky enough to have some jazz arts group work uh, still available to me. So um, there's a little bit of work about, uh, you know, a couple hours a day at least. Yeah. Well, that, it's good to stay busy. Even, yeah, even when for it's, sure. When it's not, uh, you know, exciting. <laughs> it's good to yeah. stay busy. For sure. What, and, what about you? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I'll let Zach answer. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, it's, it's, de it's definitely tough. Obviously not playing with people is, is a big blow. And I'm, I'm coming from a weird situation because I spent all of, uh, all of February in Florida. That's right. On this artist, um, residency where I got to spend a whole month kind of sequestered. Which sounds well, like paradise, but. <laughs> oh, it, it, it really was. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, thank, thanks to this uh, non-profit organization. So I got to spend a whole month um, just working and writing and doing a whole bunch of things. And I had maybe I had a couple performances. So I really haven't played with my people since like January, which is yeah. like really rough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, thankfully, I do I, I do love playing 
guitar by myself. I like putting together solo arrangements or just, just playing and, you know, seeing what I can do by myself. I'm able to just put together arrangements of tunes that I like. That's something I've always done. So I'm kind of relying on that, but there's only so much of that I can do before I'm just like tapped out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely trying to, I'm definitely staying busy um, as much as I can. Yeah, you know, it makes me think, um, for me, I, I'm trying to think about, you know, the last gig that I played, which is a weird thing to, like, consider because you're, you know, for us, we're always busy. We're always playing. Um, and, and I think my last gig was in February because I had to take a quick mm. hiatus in early March. But what, do you guys remember the, the last time you actually played live? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, well, so after Florida, um, I immediately did a, a musical production at Westerville North or something and that was the last time i played music in a pit <laughs> right so mine was a, a von weister gig actually oh um, yeah the week of the shut or the week before mm -hmm. before the weekend or whatever yeah I, I had a with the wedding and stuff i really haven't played a you know a small group gig in a long time either since yeah. february it's it's uh it's for me it's it's been incredibly frustrating it, for those who don't know i'm a, a middle school band director as well that's that's my day job and uh it's been tough for teachers and i know we can all kind of hint at this because we all do teaching um but it's been tough for teachers because you know the reason why we do what we do is because we love people like we love music that's that's a that's an important thing but if you take the people away from music it's like a whole nother why do it yeah. right why you're looking why at it, it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> right exactly that's, that's where we're at and um for me the thing that's been getting me by uh i actually got hip to this this book called the music lesson have you guys heard about this book mm. you need to check this no. out this is victor wooten put out a book about uh kind of his approach to music um and he talks about this and i don't know for sure yet because i'm you know three quarters of the way through the book don't have a feeling for the end but he has this imaginary like character who comes in and starts talking to him about how he needs to like approach music. And it totally changes his world because for him, he's always been doing the, the technical stuff, you know, practicing scales, modes and things like that. And this, this character is like, nah, forget that. Like you truly have to immerse yourself in music. And so I'm reading this book and it's weird because it's at the perfect time. Like, like I could be doing scales and modes and whatnot, but right now what I need the most is to immerse myself in music. And the thing that got me is, you know, I think as jazz musicians, we're always about the listening aspect of music. And so we get a lot out of listening, but his point is don't just listen, but converse with those artists. And it kind of blew my mind because for me, I'm always listening, always listening. And then, you know, I go and I try to play whatever over an I reel chart. But what he's saying is literally play, play the charts, but play with them as if they're in the room. And like, I had never gotten hip to that before it, it it changed my practice and now I practice for hours because all I'm doing is sitting down with Miles Davis and, and trading back and forth. Not good. I, I will admit not good at all, but, uh, you, you know, playing re records. Yeah. Playing record. Yeah. 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 So, you know, That's but awesome, but I think a lot of jazz musicians are all about just listening to it, then reflecting and then playing their own thing after. But he's saying, forget about the thinking process yeah, just yeah, act yeah. on stage with this person. It's crazy. So I don't know. That's what's getting me through this. <laughs> no, that's a um, great idea. Yeah, we used to do that. Michael would have us do that in college. Um, it'd be uh, you, you take a chorus, then Charlie Parker will take a chorus. Oh, kind mm -hmm. of a thing, yeah. That's cool. One thing or that's like great. You, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Well, you like learn a transcription and then you play the transcription and then you play a course of your own and you play a transcription and you play a course of your own. That's cool. One thing that's cool for like chordal, like guitar piano players is to play along with records that don't have chord instruments, like the Jerry Mulligan, like Paul Desmond stuff, just any chordless, whatever, like two horn thing. That's cool. Cause you can just like comp for like 10 minutes or like do whatever. Yeah. That's kind of a fun thing, man. See, but again, it goes back to the fact that there's like no personal approach to it right now because you don't have that live person there. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's so frustrating. It is very frustrating. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> I know that Alex and I talked about this and I've talked about this with other people, but you know, it's hard to, I think a lot of us are going to, are, are maybe putting pressure on ourselves that we have to like get a lot of things done because we have this time given to us. But yeah. I think the way in which this time was given to us in such an anxiety filled way where you're not even sure how you're going to make money is, is it's, it's not the, it's not the most fertile ground for, ultimate productivity you know <laughs> right and again i came from the situation where in four in february i was like literally in the most ideal situation and like going to the most extreme not good situation i can see both and i can see how this is not a good time to have to think you have to you know create your opus you right. know <laughs> symphony during this time right because right. inspiration is sort of like a drag like yeah. who wants right, to right. be writing the 45th uh, Corona symphony or whatever, you know, <laughs> now, exactly. now I want to, now, now you've got me going. Now I want to write the well, there you go. Corona symphony. And I, well, of course, if you are inspired, then you should take hold of that. <laughs> right. Right. But what but you're don't saying get dark, is, if you're not right, exactly. What you're saying is it's okay to just survive right now. Like there's no yes, point. Absolutely. Making yourself be overproductive and, and whatnot. I, I, I give props to my wife for this one because uh, on day one of the shutdown, I came home and I was like, oh man, I know exactly what I'm going to do to help my kids. And I brought every instrument in the entire band room home with me. And I was determined to record every kid's line on every instrument and then send it out to them so they could play it. And that lasted about four days before my wife was like, you're insane and yeah. I can't take you anymore. And we have to take each other because uh, we live in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to her for, for making me realize the real world. Um, but this actually kind of brings up to the next question that I have for you guys is, have you noticed a difference in uh, ways that, you know, when you're doing performances and things like that, do you actually notice that there's more of a crowd now virtually than there might be when you have a gig, uh, you know, per se at an actual place? Has anyone else noticed that? Because I've noticed that. Um, we've I've only performed, I guess, once maybe, and we did not. It was a similar crowd to what would okay. be a, a a Wednesday at eight o'clock. Yeah. What about what about you, Zach? Have you uh, experienced anything like that before or not? Sorry, the Zoom thing says remaining time ten yeah, minutes. Maybe you I, have a just I'm, so you know mess that up but it's it's whatever we'll just keep going it's fine <laughs> cool um um hmm well on my personal ones i've done i've done a few and it's it's been a, it's been pretty good turnouts i but probably similar to some i mean okay. similar to some gigs but i mean i think overall i've seen a lot of like very very successful um you know shows online and stuff like that and obviously it's a great platform to get lots of people together I think the one thing like on a personal level is that like on one of mine, I had just a lot of family members um, that we weren't together physically, but I know they were all watching at the same time. And I thought that was really cool. 
Because yeah. obviously when I'm playing a gig here, all my family's on the West Coast, so they can't see me. So it's, it's nice for them to at least be able to watch me all at the same time in the same time and place, sort of. Yeah, for sure. I, I just, I think it's, for me, I think it's been interesting watching kind of from an outside perspective, because I haven't done a lot of playing right now um, online, just to see the way, you know, the world's embracing artists in a way it never did in the most <laughs> unideal way possible. Like, you know, talk about the way that artists can help people survive. You know, you would think bringing everybody together physically, but here we are on the internet, bringing everybody together virtually uh, to just kind of cope together. I, I think it's such a weird oxymoron of our jobs right now to be doing what we're doing there's definitely an irony in like uh people having the convenience of seeing you whenever they want yeah i don't know <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah for sure um so i i'm interested from both of you guys on this because i i know i i can pinpoint kind of where mine was but what what was the first big gig that you got that you stood back and you were like holy crap i'm standing here playing this gig right now how did i get here <laughs> it's a tough question uh, i know <laughs> i think for me the one i remember the most um it wasn't a particularly like uh i didn't get a lot of acclaim for the gig or anything but one of my first like pro gigs was with the john vermulen octet yeah uh, featuring Jim Powell, and I think I was subbing for. Oh man! I don't know. I was subbing for probably Bob LeBeau. I was playing baritone, um, and it was somebody's like party, like some uh, wedding anniversary or something like that, fiftieth wedding anniversary or something. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this is like what this life is like. This is like you're participating in all these people's like event, their 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 magic moment, and you're here with like. Jim Powell and and all these guys, you know, it's amazing. Um, the, it's remarkable for that reason, but for one other reason, um, I was playing baritone. Corey, I'm you're, you're experienced at this instrument. I was not, and uh, uh, something came on the bandstand, and John Vermeulen passed this part over, um, which I found out later was a lead sheet. I thought it was in my key but oh, it was in no. c so i took half a chorus in the wrong key and then yeah. i sort of realized and, and I, I after the the set is over i'm just kind of sitting there and my you know i'm probably 21 maybe 22 and uh jim Powell says he doesn't remember this but uh very clearly i remember jim Powell comes over and he's got a glass of something for himself and he's got a glass of whiskey and he looks at me and he goes whiskey <laughs> it's amazing and here you are. that's awesome <laughs> man that's uh that's so too many good. times have i gotten a lead sheet in front of me and not realized that it's yes the right key <laughs> for sure what about you zach um well my my memory comes it wasn't exactly like early in my time here it was probably even after i graduated capital but um i've had the great pleasure of playing a lot with um like tony mcclung and jeff kayampa the guys from like bird shack oh, and hoodoo and yeah. pop gun right. and i had been subbing with pop gun and bird shack for a few years and those were of course amazing moments but the one i remember the most is getting the call to play with hoodoo oh. and so at the time it was um 
I was working at Jimmy John's and Tony McClung, the drummer, one of my dearest friends. Yeah. He um, called or texted me at like, it's like five or six or seven at night. And I'm supposed to be, and I'm working a closing shift at Jimmy John's till like, till 10 when they start. And I was like, and he was like, can you play? Like something came up and I was like, well, I can do it. I'm going to be a little late. And like, I probably don't know a lot of the music. Like I can't really shed. He was like, you'll be fine. I was like, oh God. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so I like go up to my manager. I'm like, hey, I got this really crazy gig. Like, can I just like listen to music the whole time? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. So I'm like, listening to the tunes he sent oh me a list gosh. and i'm writing down changes i'm like transcribing stuff like not with any instrument just like making sandwiches and like transcribing stuff writing it down on like little pieces of like jimmy john's paper <laughs> oh i'm my freaking gosh. out because this is the greatest <laughs> band that has ever existed right yeah in columbus with the best anywhere musicians, period. With the best okay. musicians and i'm just supposed to go on stage and just like play for four hours so long story short they like reserve a spot for me in the front i like peel out of jimmy john's get there and uh, I just remember, like, as soon as the downbeat hit, I was just in heaven. It yeah. was just, like, the funkiest. It was so funky. And they I, they were, like, and everyone's so supportive. They just, like, take care of you. Like, I didn't yeah. even, I knew a lot of this stuff, but some of it I didn't. And it just didn't matter because they're so great. And I had just the best time ever. And that I, was just I mean, an amazing moment for me. I, I'm just picturing you right now, Jimmy John's, like, freaking out, frantically writing everything. I was really, possible. really, really nervous. <laughs> I would say, like, too. That's like, that's like a theory test level of anxiety. <laughs> right. There it is. Yeah. No well, yeah. Not to get too deep, but it was, there's so many, like, specific guitar parts, too, that I was, like, trying to remember. I mean, it was next level, but that was, that was a great moment. Man. If wow. you had to play those tunes now, you'd probably sound like garbage. <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, I would. I know. Uh, Me too. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting because you guys both talked about experiences where you were probably not set up optimally to be the best that you can be in that situation. Uh, but those experiences are the ones that stick out to you. Uh, you know, and, and I think it just goes to show when you're playing with people who really know what they're doing, it, does, it, it doesn't matter at all what you play. Like, because they will adjust to make you sound good. Like you could be the worst musician, period, but being on stage with the other best musicians, it equates you to being okay at that moment, I think. And I can say that because I live that so many times. That's, you know, here I am, the guy that calls everybody in to come play my gig because all I want to do is learn from them. Uh, but every, every time I do, it's like I sound better, not because I'm good, but because I'm around amazing musicians. Um, I, I just really think it's interesting that, you know, you were put in adverse situations and then you just, rock out and, and it's what's ingrained in your mind. Um, for me, I'll never forget. Uh, I was at a Bobby Floyd's jam session, uh, back when notes was a thing. Um, it was probably within the first year that he was doing it. And, um, Jamie Abersall was there. It was his big, mm. Jamie Abersall was in town and he was having him play and all of that. And I'm seeing right now that Zoom's going to probably kick us off in a minute. So I'll just restart it and we'll do more of the show because it's too much fun. But anyways, there I am. And he calls a rhythm changes tune. Um, and I can't even remember which one it was, but I knew standing there, I was like, I don't know that rhythm changes tune. And I definitely don't know it. Cause he didn't do it in B flat. He did in like E flat or something. And he looked at me, he's like, we're going to go. You got the first chorus. And I was like, Oh God, Jamie Abersall just said, you got the first chorus. You better go. I have no <laughs> Fuck idea. Fuck you, Jamie Abersall. <laughs> right. right. Like that's not very fair of you to, to come here. And anyways, I was so bad. I'll never forget at the end of that. I, I, I was, I was just awful. And Bobby comes up and he's like, Hey man, I can't wait to see you again next week. 
<laughs> like the best way possible, awesome. you know, encouraging me being like, listen, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Come back and play with us. And uh, that moment sticks in my mind. Cause I'm like, here I am with one of the best saxophonists right now, jazz educators. And I was terrible. And uh, you know, there are people there to support me. So uh, guys, I think we're going to get kicked off. This is all my fault for my awesome technology and, <laughs> and experience. So I'm going to uh, restart and see if that helps, if we can do that. I'm going to see if I can okay. figure that out. Okay. okay? So well, momentary pause. Yet, uh, it's true. It does say less than a minute. Like it said, going and see what happens. for a while. Should we, should we tempt fate? I like it. I like a little What happens here. after a minute? We're going to find out. I have no idea. The internet person, implodes. <laughs> it just explodes. It's, this is going to be great for a podcast. Someone's going to be listening to this going, this is fantastic content right here. They're talking about so. quitting. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I got one more question for you guys. Um, and this has to do kind of with the, the story of the show. And that is, do you think there's a, a special relationship between like craft breweries or small local restaurants and jazz? Anyway, sorry guys, I know we got cut off, but back to the, the, the whole kind of conversation of this. Um, do, you guys, do you guys see a, a special relationship between craft breweries, small uh, independent local businesses, kind of restaurants, and, and jazz music in particular? Do you see some type of connection there? I think like Columbus is my only sort of connection to that question. Yep. Um, but in Columbus, it does seem like there is a brewery scene, like with a live live music, in particular jazz. I know of a couple breweries that have live jazz um, on a regular basis, if not a weekly basis. So, I, yeah, definitely. I think there's there's something about small places um, where, like the, it's a mutually beneficial situation. Yeah, you you come in and you provide us this ambiance, and we provide and we provide you some cashola or whatever. It's like I think it's occasionally cashola. Let's be yeah, right, right. <laughs> or f- free booze or whatever. But yeah. Hey, hey, you get what you get. That's, that's yeah. how it works. Um, the the reason why I asked that question is because I I think you put any other genre there, right? If you put let let's say I don't know alt rock. Let's say you're going to be an alt rock group at at a craft brewery. Does it work? I, I think it can. I, I definitely don't think that there's like a, this has to work here and this can't work here. Uh, but I think there's just something about jazz music that fits the craft brew scene for some reason. And I, I just haven't been able to like, why is that? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe it's just me randomly thinking that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Alex, you would know more cause you've been there a lot more just cause you're the guy, but even at like brothers Drake or, it's like not just like smooth swinging jazz. Like sometimes you get insane jazz posse. Like you have right. the whole spectrum of like crazy Columbus jazz musicians, but it, it feels like it just always kind of fits like some of those places for, I don't know why, but, but all, I mean, that's, I'm also biased because yeah, I'm, we're all, in, we're all biased I'm into we're, all of that. Right. And right, I don't right. find certain things abrasive or non-abrasive, but, but have you like, ever I don't had- know. What do you, have you ever had an audience member, you know, and maybe, maybe this is a good one for you, Alex, because of, of the work that you do with Brothers Drake, but have you ever had an audience member that's sitting there drinking going, this sucks. Like this music is the worst. Why am I sitting here listening to this? 
Well, unfortunately, the answer is yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, but but like the by and large, especially by Brothers Drake. Uh, yeah, the the people who are coming to a mead bar in particular are not. They don't know exactly what they're in for. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So when you give them, I think that's that. I really do. As, uh, as hard as I can work at booking. Um, a variety of things I try to do that so like on a on a monthly basis there it, there is going to be something there that's like very normal there's going to be a singer every month there's going to be something that is not expected and there's going to be somebody young performing jazz that's my like hmm. criteria for the month right um and I get the impression that like it it that is what builds a community and I think if like Zaftig is doing the same thing it, it, yeah. you have if you have a weekly thing and you're bringing in new people all the time, that's building a community. The there's another brewery in Powell I've played a couple times. Yeah, Nocterra, right? Yeah, with uh, Jacob Reed. Jacob Reed. Hey, he's my uh, one of my good friends and my colleague over in Worthingway. Yeah, I played good there guy. too. Yeah, you know, I, and I don't know. I maybe it's me, just my special relationship. And I know Alex, you have the same relationship with the, an establishment, but like. I don't know. I, I think it's so interesting. The people that I've met at this jam session, I would have never thought that, you know, would have enjoyed the music. Um, I'll give you an example that I think is just out, outlandish. We're playing uh, at a Thursday and this guy comes up to me and goes, uh, you know, did you just play girl from Ipanema? And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I totally destroyed the bridge, but yeah, I absolutely played that tune. And uh, he was like, I have to let you know that it brought a tear to my eye. I'm from Brazil and I haven't heard that music in forever. And here wow. I am. And I finally walk in and I hear you guys playing it and it made, made my night. And I don't think it's just him. I, you know, that's a special situation, but I think there's something about craft beer people, <laughs> the breweries, the, the, the managers, the, the people who are surrounded by it that fit jazz in a way that I just, I, I haven't seen otherwise. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to it. This is our, our second year going on third year of doing it. Um, but as I was growing up, you know, granted, I couldn't go to a bar because I wasn't old enough to go to a bar. But as I was growing up, you know, I didn't see these establishments doing it. Of course, there was live music. There were places always to have live music. Um, but as far as craft beer, it's it's weird to me. It's been this gravitational force that has gone out and grabbed jazz musicians or or horn musicians and things like that. I don't know. It's just it's just me. But I don't know. I like it. And I'm first, I, I, I'm first in line and I feel like Zach would be second in line of people who would say that's the Columbus thing. Columbus is yeah. awesome. Like we're, I'm very grateful that like so many different venues are happy to have us and not just willing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Columbus is the most underrated music city in the country. But don't tell anybody because <laughs> right, yeah. we, that'll ruin it. That will ruin the whole thing. Don't come here. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't uh, play like 150 gigs a year. It's, it's not good at all. That's bad. Oh man. You guys are, you guys are hood. I could talk to you all night. All right. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have any live questions. I'll get that fixed by maybe next week. Who knows? I'll, I'll do okay. some more research. Uh, but I do want to get to the last segment of the show, which is the tune of the week. And uh, I'm getting really excited about the show, particularly for this reason. I think it's awesome to have people playing, but I, I, the thing I love about my gig is that I have people of all different skill levels coming into our jam session and playing. We have high school kids. I've had a middle school kid jump in, which was awesome. 
Books. Um, you know, we've had college students, we've had professionals jump in. Um, and it's just, it changes every Thursday. But what I love about it is someone's always learning at these gigs. Someone is always learning, whether it's myself or someone new sitting in. And so what I wanted to bring to this podcast or the show is that same feel. And so I'm interested in what you guys want to share with maybe people who are maybe less experienced or are experienced tunes that, you know, we may have heard of, may not have heard of something that's on your mind that you think, Hey, listeners should go out and try to work on this tune or at least listen to this, this record. Uh, and, uh, we can play rock, paper, scissors to decide who wants to go first here. Uh, but, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do that on a, on a <laughs> webcam. Um, but let's see here. Uh, I don't want to disturb Zach and his cat. I, I would feel awful disturbing Zach and his cat. So I, I think, no, I can't no, do This that. happens. It's amazing. You wouldn't I want believe right this now. is all my life is. <laughs> it's so Alex, can I put you on the spot? Would that be okay? Sure. sure. What, uh, what tune are you playing, playing for us this evening? Um, this is a Lenny Tristano tune. It's called Ablution. Mm. Um, the chord changes are the chord changes for the tune all the things you are. Okay. I I make a point of, uh, well, two things. Number one, um, I feel like the Lenny Tristano thing is sort of an underrated and underutilized thing. That was the first free jazz, for real, not a joke. That was, uh, the, the those are the first guys who were officially doing that. Yeah, I gotta, um, I gotta be the first one to tell you that I, I'm not real familiar with uh, them and I, I need to do that, so thank you. Yeah. It's amazing. I think um, when you think about the 50s, there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. The evolution of jazz is happening in the 50s. And 1959 in particular is like this, it's this major point where everything kind of goes like that. Um, but all along uh, with all that evolution is this other thing, this West Coast thing. Yeah. Um, and not even just the Paul Desmond version of the West Coast thing, but like this Letty Tristano, like, high high level improvising high level um tune writing i think it's really amazing lenny tristano uh i i've been listening to these lee connets and jerry mulligan records yeah um, that's my stuff mm. yeah it's amazing I, I i genuinely think that's you know uh, as far as not the guys that we hear about all the time that's the highest level of improvising there is I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jerry. You, you say Jerry, and you spike my interest immediately, as you know, because Jerry's my dude. Um, <laughs> by the way, if, if you want to get into real saxophone nerddom, uh, junk dude just got the mold for Jerry's mouthpiece. So if you ever want to get Jerry's mouthpiece, I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing, but <laughs> no. Okay, I am so also, excited. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, uh, you can see Jerry Mulligan's uh, baritone saxophone at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Okay. That is cool. First thing that uh, I'm going to do when this is all gone, I'm going to take a road trip. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not joking. I want to do this. I, <laughs> I want to get out there. I want to see stuff, man. Man, now I sound like one of those little kids. I want to get out there. I want to go see stuff. You sound like Tony, Tony Rice for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, Alex. Uh, okay. We're ready to hear you. Evolution. Okay. Apologies. This is sort of a, it's sort of new to me. Oh, I'm it's going to do it. It's all good. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I have most of it memorized, but. You know cheat. that I am the king of cheating. You know that for a fact. <laughs> okay. Thank <laughs> you. 
Man, you know, I haven't even listened to the record and I immediately can tell the the sound you've got, man, is is right there in that that era. I mean, oh, it's so it's not it's not as dry as Paul Desmond. It's right where I think it should be. My God. Oh, I want more of that. Thank you. That's all I've been listening to, basically. Uh, That and Jimmy Jufri. He's another guy. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty out of sight. Man. Can you just keep playing all night? Can I just start throwing money at you to play? (laughs) I am fortunate. All right, Zach, what do you you got for us tonight? I'm going to do In a Mellow Tone. Okay. The great uh, Duke Ellington standard. Yeah, man. Uh, One thing you might not know about this tune is that for a number of years, it was the theme song for the Howard Stern show. I what? did not know that. Yeah, out pretty out. I'm serious. I'm dead <laughs> like, serious. What, what years are these? Are these like uh, in the Stern? Are these the? Uh, I, I think earlier, like '90s. Man, what? Yeah, I know he's been around a long time, of but yeah, people, for a long time. What? All right. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks. The more you know. Brought to you by. Uh, the more Zachary. you know. Uh, and uh, one version. Well, it's it's. There's a contrafact on this tune. I think it's called uh, Did You It's called Did You Call Her Today? It's from that Lester Young and Harry Sweets Edison. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Columbus. Harry Sweets Edison's from Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that album. And Don't let people know. Columbus. Yeah. For a lot of things. That's one of the most swinging records ever. It's ridiculous. But there's a contrafact on this tune. Anyway, it's the cool version, I guess. If you want to learn the changes. Uh, all I really like that tune a lot. It's I, nice. That tune, a lot of fun. That tune used to give me all the time because uh, I always do the the the, the intro part. That do that that do And uh, back when I didn't know what I was doing on a baritone saxophone, I used to punch that. So it'd be so hokey. And and I'll never forget. Paul Baker looked at me and goes, "We're never playing this tune ever again if you can't get that straight." Like I'll work on it. I'll work on it. That's awesome. And and Howard Stern. No kidding. Seriously. There you go. Man, jeez. High art. 
I gotta talk to you guys more <laughs> often. I learn more. This is good. This is I actually kind of love Howard Stern. It's yeah. really, it's it's very it's very strange, and there's a lot of you know bad things that have happened on that show. But oh, it, for is, sure. it is just if you just watch it as a petri dish of humanity, it is incredible. <laughs> actually, I watch Bill Maher for the same thing. Like every once in a while, somebody will say something amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, sometimes yeah. it's heinous and horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's, that, that's almost a great thing. It's like there's there's just no filter. Like you're gonna get garbage and you're gonna get absolute genius it's what mm-hmm. it's what keeps people coming back uh, maybe right. i should adapt yeah. that to this show what do you think maybe i have people come in and uh, start walking on i don't know glass or i don't know well, i thought we were the we we're the bad end of the spectrum right? no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all man you guys are awesome hey, we're like um, the midget throwing part of the uh <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like zach's gonna take his top offs <laughs> yeah yeah only for enough cash though that's it that's right mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you guys you guys are awesome thank you so much for doing this hey before we're done uh, Wait, are you me. playing? Uh, no, I am not playing. That is not sorry. <laughs> well, it's fine. Part of it's how it works. I do the little. Okay, screw, all right, all right. I screw the technical stuff up, and then and then there's oh, no time for me to play. It's how it works. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, you guys both are so key in our community right now. Um, before we're done, I wanted to ask you one final thing, and that is, you know, what drove you to take on Jazz Columbus and and work with artists around because there has been the biggest rebirth of it and you know it was fantastic before you guys were there but now you're you're reaching everybody and i think that's a huge deal i think the way that you guys run that site is is such a community-based you know route where everybody has a voice and so i'm just curious you know what what made you say you know what i want to take this up i want to go for this i know it's not fair i don't give you these questions beforehand these are the ones i should have given you no this is good um well I don't know. It's complicated. Um, Andrew Patton had been running the site for the last however many years, five or six years, doing a great job. Um, And I've been doing booking for Brothers Drake. um, And I was looking for a way to get more attention for the Wednesdays. Um, To the the end was basically to get more people in the door. the process of that happening happened alongside a bunch of other stuff, which made me start thinking about um, what was happening in our community in a very different way. Um, So fast forward, Andrew messages me at the beginning of, or the end of last year, I guess. Was it January? I don't remember. Anyway. um, And we started, yeah, we started getting together and sort of talking about what, what a transition would look like. And uh, he gave me the the 10 hour dissertation on his thoughts on Jazz Columbus and yeah. sort of all uh, associated parts. And I told him I was very interested in, in taking it on. Um, the community part of it is part of this whole, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that two years ago I would have had the same reaction and the same result but i think it has become clear that it is very important to not only make the scene what i think it is but to make it what everybody thinks it is and it's it becomes infinitely more interesting and more diverse musically and otherwise and um it opens opportunities for me and for everyone else to see what is actually happening in our city which is actually amazing yeah um so 
that's been my goal uh, for, for the whole of it has been, you know, how do we, how do I get Corey Black's voice to be an equal part to other people's voices who are already very loud? Which, which I want to say you guys do an amazing job, not just, not just for me and the things that I do, but, but promoting everybody. Um, it's a tremendous undertaking that you guys have. There are so many artists, there are so many things, but they reach out and you're like, all right, cool. We're going to promote it. Let's do it. Um, yeah. and that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's truly amazing. And, and to, to do that the way that you do it, it just blows my mind. So I don't know, Zach, what about you? What, what drove you to want to jump in on this? Well, Alex really spearheaded it in the, in the beginning. He just, he kind of asked me if I wanted to be involved and I said, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I heard through the grapevine that you were interested. <laughs> I don't remember who told Wait, me. Wait, what? Yeah. I don't remember who told me, but somebody told me that you were interested in like doing stuff like this or that I should talk to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex reached out to me and then we started getting together um, and just kind of figuring it out week by week uh, what we wanted to do. But I think definitely one of the first things we wanted to do was just to make sure everyone was heard or was represented equally because there are so many different parts of the scene. Yeah. And as much as Alex and I get around, uh, we're, we're certainly not representing the entirety of the great stuff between us two. And we just want to my make circle is your circle. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Between <laughs> us, there is yeah. almost 98% overlap. <laughs> Honestly, besides the big band guys, there's, it's probably the only non overlap. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we just want to make sure that obviously we had a, um, um, an up-to-date and a curated calendar just to let people know what's happening. But I think, the, the cool thing that I like is, is we've, we've been able to get contributors, you know, people writing about whatever they want. Which um, I want to say has been so entertaining. Like it has been awesome to hear so many different voices talking through, through that website. Yeah. I mean, for us, I think we're kind of just providing a blank slate for whatever people want to say or promote as long as it's, you know, obviously respectful and right. pertinent to, the main goal of, you know, sharing music in a loving way. That's well, about it. I, I love you guys for it because it, it is awesome what that has become and what it's continuing to do. So keep up the amazing work you do. Um, well, cheers. I, I Thanks, and, uh, on that note, um, if, if there are any contributors out there who have been waiting for their moment, yes. this is, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. We're, we're, I wouldn't say we're hurting, but uh, it is, it's a, it's difficult every week to find a way to, give a voice to a bunch of people who are sitting in their homes. So if you have something to say, please say it. That's Absolutely. That so important. Absolutely. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, guys, the last thing I want to do on the show, and I can't thank you enough. I know uh, it, it's been an hour. I didn't actually plan for us to talk this long, hey. but uh, it's, it's been awesome. Um, the last thing I want to well, say. I thought we weren't entertaining enough. Well, listen, listen, there's a, a reason tight 20, I tight 20. number one. That's how it works. I got to make, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I want to end this by saying, you know, this, this is something new, uh, but there are a lot of things that people who tune into something like this would be interested in seeing. Uh, and so I'm going to share, you know, I, I'm excited about what Jazz Arts is doing. The fact that they're doing these, these live streams have been amazing, just insanely awesome. The way that Zach's running that, asking questions, the way that Byron's running that. 
um, for myself, it's been incredibly inspiring just to listen to, to these interviews. Um, but you know, do you guys have any other live shows or anything that you'd like to, to promote before we, we sign this up, the sucker off? Zach first. <laughs> um, well, I, mine aren't really coordinated yet. Um, I, I just do streams every once in a while on my personal Facebook page. So that's really the best way to just follow me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've always had in mind to start my own podcast and I've, I did one live stream talk with Brandon Coleman, who's my guitar buddy in Cincinnati. I think we're gonna do more of those. So yeah, I guess just be on the lookout on my personal page. Cool. And they can look you up. That'd be good. What about you, Alex? You got anything coming up? Um, well, Max Button and I, like I mentioned earlier, um, we've got a new, I don't know if it's going to be a Jazz Columbus thing. Anyway, we've got a new um, sort of, what do you call it, a podcast? I guess it's a Zoom cast, just yeah, like this. This, yeah. It's a, it's a cast. Um, it's a cast yeah. of something. <laughs> right. They, we're calling it Hot Chats with Alex and Max. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, is that, that going to be on uh, SoundCloud or is it going to iTunes, all that stuff? I don't know. Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be on the lookout. That's, that's the way to answer that. But also the Jazz Columbus stuff is, is going really well. I've got some plans to make some performances happen, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, I'll, yeah, I just want to make a shout out to that staff. I, I, I'm, a, I'm the lowly librarian on that staff. Uh, and when... When the shutdown happened, we all kind of, we, it, it became very clear that we were all very interested in making sure that we didn't lose our jobs because yeah. uh, the way we anticipated doing them was taken away. Right. Um, it's really been amazing. Zach has been amazing and the whole staff has been amazing. And I, I can uh, say that Press Southworth, our, our fearless yeah. leader, who had been interned in the hospital with, uh, he, he got the virus. Um, he is out today or, oh, wow. or earlier this week. And yeah. uh, he was on home? our staff call today for a little bit. So oh, he's man. doing good. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Well, that's really great. I, again, I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of your lives to uh, thank entertain. Thank you, Corey. Entertain thank you, Corey. And uh, we'll, we'll send this out. I'll, I'll give you guys information. Um, and I look forward to talking to you guys again. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of great knowledge and a lot of great things to talk about. And uh, I enjoy it. So, Anytime. Yes, please. You guys rock. Hey, when we get this back up and live, uh, you guys are coming back. That's how that works. Sorry. All right. All right. <laughs> Cheers. You guys rock. All right. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. See you guys. See ya. Bye.